Two guys not related, yet somehow are given the same name. It's time for the Two Daves podcast, where we'll answer the age-old question, are two Daves better than one? And now, here's Dave and Dave. Welcome back to the Two Daves Nation, where we talk for 50 minutes and say absolutely nothing. Hey, I'm Dave. And I'm the other Dave, and this ain't tacos. Folks, I'd like to remind you to subscribe wherever, whatever platform you happen to be listening to us on, but especially YouTube, and click that bell on YouTube to remind you every week when a new Two Daves episode is out. You can also listen to us on any other platforms, such as Spotify, um, Apple, Tunes, you know, wherever you get your podcast. Walkie-talkies, right? No, not walkie-talkies, but um, and not those little things, you know, that you make with a styrofoam cup and a fire. And a oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Dave, Dave, Dave. Yes. It's time. Yes. It's time. It's time for the fact of the day. Yes. And it's sponsored. This week's sponsor is Emma Dean's Earwax Candle Kit. <laughs> oh, man. Create a candle as unique as yourself. Mm-hmm. Comes with an earwax extraction kit. So when your friends come over to your house and they say, What is that smell? You can proudly say, that's my natural earwax. (laughs) And now, as a bonus, a guide to making animals out of earwax. Fun for the whole family. That's Emma Dean's Earwax Candle Kit. (laughs) How'd I do, Dave? I'm having more fun with the sponsors than I am with the know. I know. I know. But now, here's the two Dave's fact of the day. Vending machines are bigger threats to humanity than sharks. Mm. That's right. You're twice as likely to be killed by a vending machine than a shark, according to the New England Aquarium. So uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Discovery Channel to come out with Vending Machine Week. (laughs) No, Dave, you know, that sounds a little suspicious to me. (laughs) New England Aquarium says that vending machines are bigger threats to humanity than sharks. That sounds to me like somebody who's trying to give sharks (laughs) Sharks a better name than what they have. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I've, think I've never so. seen a beach closed down because of a rogue vending machine. <laughs> I've never even seen a break room shut down because of a rogue vending machine. It's well, kind of, it's kind of like you know uh, Chick Fil A. You know they have a, a, a masterful um, marketing program. They where do. These are being you know the, it's the cows that are saying yes. Yeah, that's right. That's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Dave, let, let this just be a lesson to you. Mm. Make sure when you are getting something at that next vending machine, right you stand six feet away from it. Oh, uh, that's, that's right. Social distance from that vending machine. That's correct. Right that's correct. Hey, before we get into our topic tonight, we thought yeah. it would be fun to look at the dumbest things people ever done who actually admitted to it. Huh. So, in other words, the Dave and Dave show. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So, here's just a few of the responses that we got. Now, these are real because we got them off the internet. They have to be real. Right. Right? That's right. Okay. That's what Abraham right. Lincoln says. Yeah, that's right. He did, he's, didn't he say like 69% of all facts are true on yeah. the internet? He said, that's right. He said, make sure you read the internet because everything you read is true. I think John Adams responded and said, I don't, I don't agree with you, sir. Yeah. Thomas Jefferson said, what's the internet? That's that. No, I thought that was, uh, wasn't that George Bush that said that? It was was Dan Quayle. Oh, all right. Oh, whatever. Okay. Here we go. I'll start with one. Then you do the next one and on and on. You see the pattern there, Dave? I I see that pattern. Okay. I'm taking the numbered ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Um, I once searched. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Laughter afterwards. Okay, that's right. right. That's right. What it says on the paper there, Dave. What's going on with your head? Uh, I don't know. I felt like a bug crawling in my head. Ooh, I'm glad you're yeah. over there, and I'm here. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, here we go. I once searched high and low all over my house for like 25 minutes for a certain pair of shorts that I just could not find. Because I had them on. <laughs> Dave. Yes. One time 
<laughs> I was at my church office and I could no. not find my keys, my car keys to go home. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I searched all over the place and it got so desperate that I, I, I texted one of my board members and he even came down and he was looking and we're just like, this is the weirdest thing. This must be spiritual warfare because they're, they're nowhere to be seen. So he gave me a ride home and I was just bothered, I was bothered. And I put my hands kind of at the back of my back and found out that they were in my back pocket. Oh, I man. my keys in my back pocket, but they were in my back pocket. So did stupid. you tell them? Yes, I did. Hmm. He here's told me your I, sign. Yeah, here's your sign. He told me I was an idiot. All right, here's another yes. Okay. I worked in a craft store. No, when craft. did you work in a craft store? No, no, this is not me. This is somebody else. Oh, oh okay. okay, got it. I worked in a craft oh. store. And when we were going through the aisles cleaning up, we were supposed to grab any damaged items and put them in a specific bin, right? Yeah. Well, at the end of the night, the manager would quickly go through it. One night, she dug through and she pulled out a wooden F, you know, like the letter F. She says, right. it's in here. And uh, I, I said, I did. It's supposed to be an E, but it's missing one of the prongs. And my manager informed me it was, in fact, a wooden F. <laughs> I can see that happening at Hobby Lobby, you know, yeah, or Walmart. Yeah, Walmart's. Right happen. Mm, okay, this is one. Somebody said I took the bus home. Mm. It was a 45-minute ride. Mm. And when I got home, I thought my car was stolen for a second until I realized I had, in fact, driven to work that day. The sad thing is that I've done this more than once. <laughs> can I tell a story about my mom? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, mom, but I got to tell this. <laughs> when I was a kid, she would uh, she worked at a uh, she worked at our mental hospital in town, and she'd drive home. And in the winter time, she wouldn't want to just you know start her car in the cold winter time, drive it you know, the few blocks home, and then yep. shut it off. Mm -hmm. She'd run and she'd come in for a while, kind of work on supper a little bit, and then go out and shut it off after it warmed up for about a half hour. Well, one particular night, she forgot about it. And when she went out to work the next morning, she realized she didn't have her keys and she couldn't find her keys. And she thought maybe she left them in the car and she went out. The car was still running. It had <laughs> oh, run all no. night long. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I've just That's... been joined. Sorry. I've just been joined by a guest. Your dummy? No. Oh, your kitty cat. Yeah. Onyx, meet our podcasting audience, all three of them. Kitty, kitty, kitty. You see him? No. Does he look weird? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, weirdo. It's your turn. All right. <laughs> well, uh, one guy says, I took a quick break at work and I went to get a soda. Well, my brain went on autopilot. You know what that's like. You know, oh, we all, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So he says, I drove home. I walked in, took off my work shirt, plopped on the couch, turned on the TV, and I wondered where my wife was because she usually got home before I got off work. That's when I looked up at the clock and realized I still had three hours left on my shift. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like something I would do. Now, can I tell a story, Dave? Yeah, okay. My dad was sharing a story. I'd never heard this before. He worked at a factory, and it was just a half a block from where he lived. Now, except this one was, uh, this is before they moved closer. So anyway... He's working in the factory, and the older guys play a trick on my dad. They, uh, they, they got the, the time set differently. And so it was noon, and they actually, or one o'clock, maybe, I don't know. And they got him to believe that it was quitting time. So, uh, no, it was, they, it was noon. And it was only, uh, I, I'm getting the story messed up. I think it was only 10 o'clock in the morning. And so uh, mom usually picked him up and mom wasn't there. It was 10 o'clock and it wasn't noon. And oh. so he, she find he finally calls uh, mom up and says, where, where are you at? I'm ready to come home. And, uh, and so he, mom came and said, what are you doing? And, and uh, she goes, uh, she goes, it's only 10 o'clock. And he, oh. he says, what? Oh. <laughs> he had already checked out 
for the for two hours and he had to go back in and tell his boss what he had done and they just laughed like crazy when he came back in so i i'm glad he had he had a oh, boss man. That, was, that was cool with that here's a good one because i can relate to this i dropped my phone the other day dave and cracked it uh oh that's not this a is what thing. no this is what this person oh. said i once tried to take a screenshot of a crack on my phone screen Wait, well, can't you do that? Is that does that not work? You can't do that. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. One guy says I was I was at the zoo buying a fountain pop when the staff didn't give me a straw. I asked for one, but he said that they don't give out straws due to the free roaming animals on the zoo ground. I said, "What am I doing at a zoo that has free roaming animals on the ground?" No, that isn't what I said. <laughs> I said, "How am I supposed to drink this?" So without breaking eye contact, he took the drink back, removed the plastic lid, and handed it back to me. <laughs> I love, it. I that's love that good. zoo worker. I love it. Oh yeah, that's that's quick response right there. Well, something tells me that maybe he had he'd done that before. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, here's one. I once spent almost an hour searching for my searching my house for my phone, while on the phone with my mom. She heard me getting frustrated and throwing things around. So she asked what was wrong. And I replied, I can't find my phone anywhere. I've been looking for it the whole time. And I've been talking to you on my, uh, oh, crud. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. One more, one more. I once put a cup of water in the microwave, but the cup was too tall. So I poured some water out of it and tried to put the cup back in thinking it would fit. Do you love it? <laughs> that is good. <laughs> that is good. Now I have to share something that happened to me just tonight. And this is, this happened We're getting ready for this. Okay. I walk, I walk out. I had to park on main street tonight. So I had to go up there and my wife works just a half a block down from where I was parked. And out was a guy who I thought was her boss. And I'm waving at him and he finally waves at me and I go, Hey, what you up to tonight? And he's, he's like, Oh, working. And I go, what you working on? I just stuff around here. I said, how's the family and all that kind of stuff. And then I said, I'd love to come over there and talk to you, but I have things to do. And, uh, and I'll talk to you later. And as I was going to my truck, the guy, the guy, I could hear the guy speak and say, I don't even know who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I told my wife that she's like, Oh boy. I'm glad you didn't go over there and talk to him. That would have been oh. even more embarrassing. Oh man. I know. Well, I don't, you know even, what? I don't even think he was white to tell you the truth. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so funny. Well, you know what? We've done some confession tonight. Now it's your turn to confess folks. That's right. What's the dumbest thing you've ever caught yourself doing? Please share your story on our Facebook page or our Instagram page, and we'd love to share them from time to time if you don't mind. Yes. Well, tonight, uh, we want to talk about parenting adult children. Some of you who are listening have children at home, and we applaud you. We've been there. Some of you have no children. We applaud you. We've been there. Uh, But some of you are like us, and you have children that have already grown up and left your home. And I think Kenny Rogers said it best in his song, The Gambler, when it comes to giving advice to parents of adult children. You know what he said, Dave? I think I do, but remind us. You've got to know when to hold them. Yeah. Know when to fold them. (laughs) Know when to walk away and know when to run. (laughs) That's right. Dave, we both have adult children, like you said. And I have actually, as I mentioned in an earlier episode, I still have a senior in high school, high school. And so uh, you and I understand a little bit about this topic. Yeah. Many parents of adult children think their job is over once the kids leave for college. I've heard that before. You're like, oh, man, (laughs) you're out of here. Oh, yes. Uh, Once they, you know, leave for college and move out on their own. But that's that's not even close to being true. No, Dave, let's um, let's talk about some of our struggles as specifically as fathers Mm -hmm. to our adult children. Because the first time I mention struggles of my wife, I'm not going to be allowed in my home. So, you know, <laughs> I want to be safe here. Well, so, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have any struggles with my wife. 
as far as you know. <laughs> I got a long text today from her, so yeah. <laughs> you know what she told me? Mm. She told me that you said not too long ago that anybody could have married her. <laughs> uh, watch the episode. Listen to the episode before you can. Last week, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, first of all, I'm you and I, we I'm down. No, you won't. You won't. <laughs> first of all, we don't struggle loving our kids, even when they make decisions that we don't agree with. That's right. Or or struggle with. Um, we were there ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? So I think one of my struggles, Dave, is, um, when they're really hurting and going through things and I know I just need to be there, but not say much. I can pray for them is sometimes my struggle is trusting God in the process and plans that he has for my children. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one there? No, I have a feeling that there are a lot of us there. So, you know, I always, and I know you do, you want to be there for them, but uh, I don't give advice if I'm not asked for it. I've, I've um, really tried to live by that, but I always pray and love them unconditionally, even if sometimes they, uh, how can I say this, tick me off at times. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that too. And they don't tick me off that much, just to tell you the truth. My kids, my girls never cease to make me proud. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they're they're each unique individuals. They always have yes. been. And uh, even though um, I see a lot of me and their mother in all three of them, um, they ha- they've made, you know, they've made choices. They've said things. They've done things that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but yeah, I mean you have to let them be the individual that God made them to be. Yeah. 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 So would you say, what, what are maybe your struggles? Any? I don't have any specific. Struggles. Yeah. I think probably, well, okay. Yes. I have a lot of things. <laughs> first of all, and first of all, to my three daughters who are listening, you know that I love you and you probably are already aware of some of these things that I'm going to say. But um, I think decisions, I, I struggle with some of the decisions that they make uh, in their lives that maybe, um, you know, I wouldn't have made maybe some lifestyle choices that they've decided to make, some financial decisions, um, political opinions. I mean, I thought I did a better job making them believe the same things that I believe politically. And the truth is that all three of them have some political leanings that I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> Your wife. Uh, career choices um jim burns wrote a great book jim burns for those who have ever done youth ministry you're probably familiar with jim burns used to be with youth specialties yes he's out of youth ministry now because he's so old but he's written a great book called doing life with your adult children and i love the subtitle the subtitle is worth the price of the book keep your mouth shut and the welcome mat out yeah Somebody gifted me with that book when I was going through some struggles. I needed to know if I needed to sit down with my adult children and say, hey, this is the way it is. And a friend, a good friend gave me this book and uh, it really, it really made my, uh, my mind, uh, it changed my mind on some things. And one of the chapters, one of the chapters just describes maybe one of the struggles that I have. And that is when your grown child violates your values. It doesn't necessarily mean that means that they've done wrong, but they violate your values. And um, that that can sometimes be a, a struggle. Dave, have. can you put that on uh, our Facebook? Because I think that'd be an important book. Maybe we could. Absolutely. Uh, I, I will make sure that I put yes. this on that. I, I, I put this on the Facebook page and on the Instagram page. You bet. I'll order that as well. And then another a Christian family counselor, uh, Catherine Hickam. She gives us a list of five questions that we need to ask ourselves as adult parents. And we thought that these would be good for discussion, these questions. Now, you went pretty deep in your struggles here. So I'm uh, kind of shallow, so I better confess a little bit. Okay, I'm just like you. Uh, I love my kids unconditionally and uh, recognize their individuality and recognize that it is 
the life that they're living. I'm not going to attempt at all to try and live my life or force my life on them. Sure. I trained them up like you did. You know, we trained them up the best way. We were misfits and screw ups ourselves yeah, at well, times. You know were. what I'm saying? Yeah, you were. But we, we still did our best. And just because, um, you know, I question things at times, uh, it does not it does not mean I don't love. And I think that's very important because we live in a world today where if you say one thing negative about somebody, they, that they're taking it as they hate you or you hate them. And, um, and so, you know, I'm very proud of my kids and, you know, God knows better. My dad probably questioned me on several things. I know he did. Yeah. Oh yeah. And this is part of it. And I'm just a word of wisdom to our kids. One day uh, you're going to be like us. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be an old fogey too. And you're going to be questioning your kids. Yeah. It's just the, it's just the circle of life. But you know, and I know that your sons and your daughter, as well as my daughters, they don't question our love for them. No, no. They know beyond a shadow of a doubt. We love them. They, they don't necessarily agree with everything we say and that's okay. You know, yeah, they know that we love them. I think some, if anything, my kids question why dad didn't spend more time with them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's stuff I, you know, we talked about that last episode. So those are things that, well, one of your sons texted me and said, why did my dad spend so much time with me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dave. I won't say which one. Dave. <laughs> all right. Should we well, get one of your stuff? daughters sent me a text the other day as well? I mean, if you're going to bring all this stuff in the air, yeah. I'm going to say it. You're, the one daughter says, I don't even know if, um, you know, I don't even know if I want to admit that he's my dad. So, you know. <laughs> well, that's nothing unusual. She tells me that all the time. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I all told right. her, though, to confess that to you. Yeah. To make her feel better. Let's get to okay. Okay, here's some questions. These are questions, again, that we need to ask ourselves as adult parents when um, dealing with our kids. Number one, and and this is from, uh, again, Christian family counselor, Catherine Hickam. Okay, do you still tell them what to do? Now, Dave, this is this is kind of interesting, because at this point in your child's life, it's really disrespectful to talk to them like you did when they were little. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, do you remember us having a discussion once where when they're little, uh, we treated, we parented them. Mm-hmm. We were their parents so that when they got old, we could become their friends. Yeah. We could be friends. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Some people, they get that messed up and they can never become parents. Yeah. So um, they're adults now. And uh, when you forget that, you send the relationship back to a place that will really hurt the trust which needs to exist between you and your um, your children. Yeah, I think if if we tell our adult children what to do, I, I think it shows that we have some control issues ourselves. Yeah. And um, the truth is, I don't want to run my kids' lives. I have enough problems trying to run my own life. Um, yeah. So yeah, we we. We need to stay away from trying to tell them what to do. My my middle child, Clay, he's, you know, he's struggling and trying to find out what to do. I don't ever want to discourage him. He's young. Go, mm-hmm. go for it, man. Go figure out. I don't, you don't have to live life like I did. And I went right into ministry and on and on. It doesn't matter. Just go find something. And that's what I'm praying for, that, that he'll find that. You know, I don't know if this is off topic or not. I don't think it is. I think we put the pressure of children finding their um, their life direction. I think we put that pressure on them way too young. I do too. The truth is that if you would ask any uh, any college administration, most students who enter a college as freshmen with a declared major, that major will be changed before they they graduate. Two, three, or four times is what oh, I've yeah. heard. Because they don't know, you know, by the, by the age of 17, they're supposed to know what they want to do for the rest of their lives. Well, they may think they do, but when reality hits, 
Uh, yeah, things change. And I don't think that we should, I don't think that we should uh, be hard on them for trying to make those decisions that it, it's a rough time. Yeah, it let, is. Let them take the time to figure it out. Yeah. And I want to be an encouragement and um, I trust God. I dedicated them to the Lord. My wife and I did. You did as well. Your kids. I'm trusting God in this. God knows what, what they need. Yeah. Oh, we had one daughter that went to college and after the first semester, she came back at Christmas time and she says, I, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. She said, so let me go back and finish out this next year while I try and figure out what God wants me to do. And I said, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to pay all that money to yeah. go another semester of school when you when you know it's not what you're supposed to be doing? Just go ahead and stay home. Don't yeah. don't back the second semester. And she was so relieved when I told her that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's face it. The, these kids that are good, our children are good kids and they don't want to be a disappointment. But we should never come off at the point of where your decision is going to disappoint us. That's you know? exactly. I just, you know, and the temptation of us dads, I think, is to say at times, well, I didn't raise them that way. Yeah. I probably said that before. I didn't raise you that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, their mother That's did. really helping. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's another, here's another question. And that is, do you ask questions or do you make assumptions because you think you know them? Oh boy. Yeah. Ask them questions. Too often parents of adult children look at their kids through a filter of who their children were when they were growing up. And so they, they failed to give them the opportunity to act and to feel and to think different. Yeah. You know, you know, that term we put God in a box. Yeah. Which is impossible. Right. Right. We try to. But if we don't watch it, we can put our kids in a box. Yeah, sure. And it it limits. We're we're limiting them. Yeah. Shouldn't be like that. Well, the third one is, oh boy, this is a tough one. Do you say I told you so? Mm. This is one that carries over into our relationship with our spouse as well. I was gonna say, people say I told you so to people other than just their kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think parents get scared when their children make you know, make mistakes and often will warn them of, um, you know, certain dangers. Uh, but when a parent seizes that moment to remind their adult children, I told you so, all you're doing is building a wall and it's not helping at all. They're not going to um, come to you with, with anything. anything no, yeah. no, no. And I, I don't, I don't want that. One of the best gifts that we can give them is to really just uh, put duct tape over our mouths and pray for them and uh, let them come to you instead of you forcing your way through the door into their life. You shouldn't do that. Exactly. Like like the uh, the subtitle of Jim Burns's book, Keep Your Mouth Shut and the Welcome Mat Out. That's right. And I'm I'm just apologizing to my kids now as I'm going through all this. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe I've done a lot of this. I'm sure you haven't either, but the temptation to do it is there. Yeah, sure it is. Oh, absolutely it's there. Yeah. Well, here's another question. Do your expectations get in the way of your child's dreams? Mm. Too often adult children, they're not going to share their dreams with their parents because they don't want to contend with their parents' opinions and their parents' disappointments. So listen for hints that your adult kids may be dropping because they, they may be testing the waters to see if they can trust you with their ideas and their hopes and their dreams. Yeah. Don't be, don't, don't be a dream squelcher. That's right. That's right. I mean, just be, maybe you weren't risky as a person and I'm saying not risque, I'm saying risky. You didn't want to take those, those risks, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they can't. Yeah. You know, or, or, Hey, if you're going to fail, fail miserably so that you can learn from that. That's right. Yep. We did. Mm -hmm. So then the, the last one would be, do you model healthy behavior for them? Mm -hmm. I think this gets to the heart of the matter, Dave. Yes. It's, it's this. It's not about them. It's about you. I'm not saying that in a selfish way. I'm saying that we all have some type of dysfunctional parenting practices yeah. Yeah. that we've learned 
from our parents. I'm not blaming my parents. They were great parents, right? Your parents were great, but they learned behavior from their parents. So it, it, it goes, am I making sense there? Or do you have something to? No, go ahead. Okay. So instead of worrying about our child's behavior, it might be wise to just do a little reflection, Dave, and just to say, how is my behavior? Uh, am I a good role model of healthy behavior? I, I believe, um, you know, you and I both have talked about going through counseling. Um, very difficult to go through. Um, not easy. If counseling's easy for you, you don't really, you're not taking it seriously. That's right. So I went through that. You went through that because I was tired of being the person I didn't want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And if I continued, I could have done some real damage. I probably did some damage to my kids. Well, you know, when you're, when your kids are small, sometimes they don't seem to appreciate the spiritual maturity that you may try to bring into their lives. Yeah. Later on, later on, they'll appreciate that. I want to give you an example. One time, and I wish I could remember what my daughter was doing, but this was my youngest daughter, Hannah. She was in the back seat, and she was young enough that she didn't have a clue why I could know what she was doing. But uh, I could see it, and I told her, don't do that anymore. And she said, how did you know I was doing that? Well, I, I wanted to I wanted to let her know that no matter where she was, that I'm in a relationship with God and God cares. And so I said, well, I said, God talks to your dad. God talks to me. He tells me. So everything was really quiet as I was driving along. You know, everything was really quiet. And all of a sudden I heard her pray. She always started out her prayers the same way. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. And this is what she said. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Please don't talk to my daddy anymore. <laughs> she did not appreciate that spiritual aspect but i'll tell you what now that she's a young lady i know that she appreciates the fact that god talks to her dad and yeah. she um she values that very yeah. much well a lot of children did not have in their upbringing a mom or dad that could relate to god yeah that's very true so you know, for all of the mess ups that we did, we uh, uh, attempted, and I believe we did it, to recognize this relationship that we have with God and try to um, emulate that for our kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. when I went up to the altar, I, we had Sunday night services, you know. Oh, sure. Up the altar. I loved it when my four-year-old, five-year-old, six-year-old would come on up with me and loved it. Oh man. And pray with me. Yeah. It's good. And they probably weren't, I don't know, Jesus, I need that toy, you know, whatever. Yeah. But they were there with dad. They may not have even been praying, but just the fact that they were there, I think. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Catherine well, Hickman goes, goes on to say, uh, did you have something else to say, Dave? No, nope, okay. no. Uh -uh. She goes on to say, you're extreme. You're an extremely important to your adult children. So don't underestimate the power of your influence. They need you just as much as they did when they were little, but they need you differently now. Yeah, it's if true. If you're willing to grow alongside them, you increase the possibilities of enjoying a meaningful, loving, and respectful relationship for years to come. And, you know, those were good questions that we mm -hmm. discussed together. But I, I want us to talk, talk about another issue, and that has to do with enabling our adult children, enabling them, and the toxic danger of being part of that. That's the key the toxic danger of enabling our kid. Do you see that happening today? A lot of enablement? Oh, absolutely. And you're going to find that Jim Burns talks about that too in his book. Yes. So we've used this lady before, Dr. Laura Fredrich, in a couple of our episodes. I don't know if you remember that, Dave, but um, she's a licensed psychologist, Christian, who works with families and said this about enabling our adults, our adult children in life. She said this, this happens, enablement happens, when a parent and child get stuck in a cycle that keeps both dependent on the other in a way that doesn't allow for the adult child to make mistakes and grow. Mm -hmm. So part of the reason this may happen is because the parent doesn't want their children to grow up and leave them in the dust, so to speak. 
She goes on to say, sometimes parents enable without being aware of it. Mm -hmm. They are afraid of having a child separate into a full-fledged adult. When that separation is too painful, parents will take unhelpful steps to keep the child close, even if it impedes the child's personal growth. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Friedrich gives an example, um, and this is a, she speaks uh, hypothetically here, not, not hypothetically, excuse me, but allegorically. Yeah. Writing your child's cover letter for them every time your child gets anxious keeps them needing you. In other words, you know, every time you step in, every time your child uh, fails, every time yeah. your child has a difficulty, you step in even without being asked and kind of take over the situation. And it may yeah. feel good. Uh, when they continue to need you, but it stops that child from stepping out on their own and it teaches them that they'll only accomplish their goals with your help. So, now, okay, so let me stop there for a second, Dave. Okay. And, and let me ask you this question. Isn't it a natural response to protect your kids? Absolutely. And that doesn't change when your kid's and, years old. Right. So, so I think that this is something that's in the human nature of a parent absolutely it's not a bad thing at all no and but it can become a bad thing yeah because what you're doing instead of learning how to become a functioning independent adult your kid is gaining a sense of entitlement and learned helplessness and lack of respect and i think that we've seen a generation of people come up like that and our nation is in trouble as a result of that we're in trouble if the family unit doesn't change that's right. Uh, the answer to our nation is not in politics. It's not in social programs. It's not in um, diversity. It's not in any of that. It's in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Only he can set, set the, um, the order correctly. See, the world today, Dave, you know this, that they want to really destroy the the way that God wants the family to be, yeah, yeah. Um, it's happened with one man and one woman, and I'm not afraid to talk about this. That's not hate speech. That is just the truth from God's word. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, feminism has taken over to where we don't women don't need uh, men. Mm -hmm. uh, male dominance has taken over to the point of where women work for men. It's yeah. not good. Which has caused so much chaos between in the family that the children now, the children now are disillusioned by what family is. And now they run the family instead of the mom and dad running the family. Mm -hmm. No one's there to take care. The wife's not there to, to help serve the husband and the Husband's not there to look over and serve the wife. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, the article goes on to say, um, they, they will expect the same enabling treatment from other people in their lives and only engage in relationships where they can be selfish and the center of attention. And Dave, that's what you said. Yeah, that, that's what's happened to our nation. And here are some signs that you're enabling your grown child because rather than rather than regret that maybe we've done that let's let's see how maybe we can change it so here's some signs and i'll give i'll give the first one let's kind of alternate here okay when you make any and all decisions for, for your adult child yeah. any and all decisions for your adult child you're enabling your child depends on you to make decisions for and with them about everything and dr henry says it's one thing to offer advice, but if your adult child relies on you to decide about jobs, friends, romantic partners, or whatever, they're codependent in an unhealthy way, and that's very true. We just recently went something through that with our oldest son, and um, um, you know, God was so good in working stuff out. It was just so great, and um, uh, I. I see that. I'm so glad I'm not making the decision because guess what? I'm going to have to be the one that um, uh, that stands for that decision when it's gone wrong. Yeah. 
I don't want that pressure. Yeah. Uh, uh, secondly, your adult child doesn't respect you. Mm-hmm. They don't demonstrate respect for you or, or observe any boundaries you set. If you say, uh, don't call me after 10 p.m. or I won't allow you to live with me any longer, and they continue to do these things, you could be enabling this behavior. That's what Dr. Henry says. That says that's what a lot of parents have said. Mm-hmm. So true. Another, another sign that you may be enabling your child is when your adult child can't accept no, the word no. Hmm. If they have an extremely negative and visceral reaction when you say no to their request, Dr. Henry says that this is a sign you're enabling negative behavior. That begins at an early age. Sure it does. You know, go to sure the store. I know some parents that their kids will cry and oh, throw a temper tantrum and they'll get them whatever they want. You're not helping that kid. Buddy, I'm working retail right now in a hardware store, and some of the things I see parents indulging their children in the store, oh, it's, it's oh, I, I cry, because I'm not physically, but I cry on the inside because uh, I know what's going to happen when that kid's an adult if things don't change. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Uh, the fourth one is if you're, you know you're enabling your kid if you pay for everything all the time. Yeah. Now... Dave, you know, there's times we pay for our kids stuff sure. that's out of, I mean, that's, that's, there's no problem with that. And I, I love to do that too. Yeah. But the, he, Dr. Henry is saying, if your grown child lives with you and doesn't chip in toward household expenses, or you pay all their bills, you're establishing a bad habit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They have, they have to learn how to make it on their own. And that's a tough one, especially when you see, when you see him struggling. You know, man, you just want to jump in there and and pay all their bills. And um, um, sometimes, sometimes, first of all, you can't do that financially on your own. But also, it's it's not a good idea, you know, because they're they're just going to continue to get worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That's a temptation. Well, another one. What? That's a temptation. It is. It really is. Mm-hmm. Another one, number five. When you baby your adult child. <laughs> You, you know, you shouldn't have to teach your adult child things that they should already know how to do, such as laundry. Yeah, well, we, you know, it's cute when a one-year-old or a baby is sucking their thumb. It's not cute when a 20-year-old is sucking their thumb. That's right. You it's know? great to be able to bottle feed your kid, but when you have to part the whiskers to stick it in, something's wrong. Yeah, I always thought it, now, I'm... I I never mind. I won't go there, but never mind. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Okay. Let's go. Number six. And sometimes you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Right. Yep. Uh, the, the last one here that Dr. Henry gives us when dealing with, if you're enabling your child is Mm -hmm. you feel overwhelmed, taken advantage of and burnt out by your children. Mm -hmm. Um, it's harmful to the parent because it can infringe on their time, which can deal with the relationship between man and wife. It can uh, cause havoc on their pocketbooks, Um, energy, freedom. It keeps them involved in the child's life all the way. And let me tell you, there's something good to be said about empty nesters, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it right now. Yeah, I'm sure you are. But there is hope and there are some great action steps to take to break that ugly and unhealthy way of parenting. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those, Dave, once you start. Yeah. No, you go ahead. Okay. Well, first one is, I mean, how many more books need to be written about this? But the first one is setting boundaries. That's right. That's right. Um, boundaries are the key to helping your adult child be more independent. Uh, um, it's hard to do, isn't it, Dave? set boundaries. It it really is. Yeah, it is. Because you almost, you fight guilt in doing this. Oh yeah. So, but you got to apply that to your space, to your time, uh, to money, availability. And then you can decide to either have a conversation with your child about these limits, or you can begin enforcing these limits as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. The key though, is to be consistent yeah. But fair. Yeah. 
And if your adult child is uncomfortable or unhappy with the boundaries, it's a sign that the boundaries are actually working. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe the child's constantly asking for money. Um, Figure out what works and say, okay, I can give you $50 towards fixing your car this month, for example, or I'm giving you so much money to help you with having job appropriate uh, clothes for, for this year, but uh, not, not paying for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, a a second, a second uh, action step is to learn to be okay with seeing your child struggle. And you know what? That may be the toughest thing here. I don't like to see my kids struggle. I never have. You know, when they were little children, they were sick and they were, you know, vomiting. And as little children, I'm telling you what, that was one of the worst things in your, in your life is to have to see them go through that. But they had to. And it doesn't make it any better when you have adult children who are struggling. Uh, it's not easy to go through, but you have to learn to be okay with it. Yeah, that's that's trusting God. That's right. Um, and, and I think and you the, know what? God yeah. loves your kids more than you do. Yeah, he does. And if you can trust him with them, uh, you, you're, get, you're putting your child in good hands. Well, what's the Bible say? If your earthly father can give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly father give greater gifts? Yeah. So uh, the last one, I'm, I'm sure there's a list that's real, real long. But the third one, last one here is encourage them to trust God, to talk to God. Because mom and dad can't do the things that God wants to do in them. And mom and dad can't give them the resources that um, God can give them. And the third thing is this, Dave, we can't be God. Yeah, that's right. Let's not limit God as parents on our children. That's right. I want the best for our kids. Well, let's close this out, Dave, by talking just very briefly about the rewards of parenting adult children. Uh, One of the biggest rewards is watching them grow in their God-given talents, but also their God-given positions in life. Yeah. And that's like becoming the, the husband, the wife, if they get married, Um, you know, what, what they're, what they look like as a father and all it's, there's just a lot of joy in seeing that. Oh yeah. It was great. Yep. Well, how about grandkids? If you, if they have kids, Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe your child doesn't get married. So you, you're rewarded in other ways. That's right. You know? I tell you what, those grandkids, that's a, that's a great reward. I love being a papa. I haven't experienced that yet. Your time's coming, buddy. I want to say something a lot. They know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want them to take their time, and I want them to, you know, right. it, it, that time will come. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the, one of the rewards is the friendship that we have with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love golfing with my kids. I love doing things, going out to eat with them, sitting in their house and talking. To, I just love it. Yeah, me too. I don't get enough of that. Yeah. What else? Well, overcoming life's difficulties with God's help. That's, yeah. that's a great reward to see them overcome life's difficulties with God's help. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I hate to. Hate to promote my kids, you know, but I have a daughter. Go ahead. She and her husband are on staff at a church down in Texas. And uh, they were going through some real financial difficulties. And I'm telling you what, it ripped my heart out because there was just nothing I could do. But I just had to trust them. I just had to trust God with them. And uh, they began to, uh, they weren't tithing. And um, so they started to tithe. And God totally turned around their financial situation. They actually had, um, they gave their testimony uh, via video in their church, and it went out, you know, on YouTube and everything yep. like that. And yep. as as her as their as her mother and I were watching that, I mean, we're just we're just sobbing, you know, the tears are there because you're seeing them overcome life's difficulties with God's help. And you're like, yay, God, you know, and yay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's so good. You taught them, and, and your son-in-law was taught the same thing, the, the principles uh, of God's Word. And yeah. it's, it's one thing to know the principles. It's another thing to put them into uh, effect. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, you know, I think that's, um, 
that's pretty cool. Well, there's there's lots of other rewards, and I think that the rewards are seen differently at times because our kids are into different individuals, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but children, let's not forget, children are gifts from God to families. That's right. Psalm Psalm one twenty seven three says, "Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him." That's right, and that word heritage. It comes from the root meaning to get or inherit. So it's an honor and responsibility to be entrusted with a little one from God. And we stand beside them to shepherd them. and We shepherd their growth and development. We advocate for them and we provide for their needs while they're in our care so that when they are adults, they can flourish as adults who learn to rely on God and be who they were called to be. Yeah, that's so that's so good. I I, I want to you you mentioned the word um, heritage. I, I want to mention the word reward in there because we were talking about a reward. Children are heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. The greatest reward is them. Yeah, not in what they do, right, or what they become. Their greatest reward is them. First of all, knowing God. But but that's the greatest reward. It's they're the most precious commodity that yeah, we have. That's good. I mean, over time, mm-hmm. it's able to spend time with them. That's very true. I I, uh, I I've really uh, these last two episodes, Dave, have made me think a lot, and I'm not used to doing it that much. It so. makes me want to go do a Facetime call with all my kids tonight. I know. Yeah, I know. But we want to thank Andy. And we yes, also Andy. want to thank all of our listeners for being with us during this episode. Please don't forget to comment and share this podcast with your friends. And hey, why don't you message us on our Facebook page or our Instagram page? You'll find us on the Two Daves podcast, both on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, go ahead and follow us, friend us, and we'd be happy to talk with you. And hey, if you like these episodes, a certain episode, would you share it with some of your friends? You can take it, share it on Messenger or whatever. It it would help us out. We want to increase our podcasting viewership. um, And uh, we're just asking you to help us out. But until next then, next then, that's not. (laughs) Until next next time, remember. (laughs) that two days are always better than one.